a bit outside. Right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Ready? So in three, two, one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father who knows how to crack on time, and <laughs> none of us are priests. Yeah, Jim was a little premature there. Yeah, that'll happen. Um, premature crackulation. That's why I'm surprised I'm not a father yet, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Jim Dreer is my name. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. Oh boy, what's going on? Trey Stephen here, Jose. Hello, my friends and people who might not like me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> More like Hello. Welcome friends and enemies. Yes. <laughs> friends and enemies. Welcome yes. all <laughs> to the information center. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Um, hey, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Still shame on you. Can't get ashamed again. Yeah, <laughs> that's what oh, they say. Shout out to George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what he fucking said. That's exactly what he said. For word for word, shout out GB. Uh, that's a great way to start off Gone but not forgotten. <laughs> yeah, shout out to George Bush. Junior. Junior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we just specify, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, on this episode of the Fantasy Football Fathers. I mean, other than amazing political talk. What is this, cold case files? Why are you saying it like that? Oh, that's what I was about to get into until Tyler ruined it. Oh, my bad. Um, oh, we got a moid. <laughs> <laughs> Your Boston PI there. <laughs> the team investigates the top 12 tight ends in the city. <laughs> yeah, that's how you're saying it, I swear to God. Uh, Who's got the tightest end <laughs> in Gotham City? <laughs> the team's going to find out. Um, but for real. Fuck. If we didn't <laughs> lose anybody by now, <laughs> shout out to them. If you're still listening, you're a real one. And uh, we're going over our top 12 tight ends for uh, for the 2023-2024 fantasy football season. So Trey's favorite episode of the year. Uh, honestly, I've been looking forward to it all off season. My son's birthday happened. My birthday happened. A bunch of things happened. Didn't care about him. Yeah, been waiting for this moment. <laughs> he did ask if we could slip a couple D's in. Uh, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> slip a couple D's in while we're talking about the tight ends. But uh, told him no. <laughs> told him no. Um, <laughs> That's, <laughs> you know, we can only do so much, so uh, uh, just not enough time, um, so. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a... Oh, shit. All right. Um, Wait, we're not going to talk about defenses at all, right? No, not 1D. We'll be <laughs> slipped in. Slipped in here. <laughs> God, this podcast is so homophobic, dude. <laughs> just trying to slip some Ds in. Don't worry, we'll talk about defense every week on our starts of the week. <laughs> yes, look out for Trey's stinkies, defenses of the week. Yes, stinky. Oh, During well, the regular season. We don't want any regular D. We just want the stinky Ds, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, stinky D every every oh, every man. week. Every week of the season, and baby. You can look, for, you can look forward to that. You can look forward to that. So, yep. Um Okay, just, just wait till we get video, you know what I mean? Whoa. Uh, then our subscribers are just going to skyrocket, dude. Yeah, but that's our OnlyFans. We'll post a link later. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so tight ends, right? Tight ends. I think that's all we're doing. Quick and easy. Fucking get up in there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck are you doing this, dude? <laughs> I can't help it. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> God damn it. Fucking tight ends, dude. <laughs> <laughs> football position. <laughs> you know, in fantasy football, it is a position. And sometimes not appreciated enough. And so we're just here to say 
<laughs> we appreciate the dialects. <laughs> you beat me to it, Dad. What the? F- How'd you know I was gonna say that? <laughs> Holy shit! It's like we're ten years and old. And there are more tight ends, you know, to play with this year than in <laughs> previous years. Oh my God. And so, um, that's always a good thing. And you know, um, God, you know, blessed us. This year with more tight ends, and we're going to go over all 12 of them. This is like right. the worst but best intro. Right now. <laughs> we're starting right now. Uh, okay. Right. So, <laughs> we all know there's a consensus number one, right? Everyone in the world has Best tight end in the world uh, very, for I, years and years and years. At this rate, is very well probably the best tight end to ever play the game. Yeah. Honestly, if you have an argument for Travis Kelsey to not be number one tight end. Oh, I'd love to hear that I, bullshit. I, I'd love to hear it, dude. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm all about it, and I love being the fucking uh, devil's advocate. So maybe and we'll tell you I'll join wrong. your side. I don't know. I'm. They're wrong. I'm like a weak person in war, man. You want me to like switch sides? It's fine. <laughs> like as long as I survive. Trey will not maybe. put up with any torture. No, no, no. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mark Andrews number one. They're like, we're gonna take this finger. He's like, no, no. Okay, you're right. No, it's Mark, Mark Andrews. Mark, Mark <laughs> Andrews is number one. I swear. <laughs> um, he's going fifth overall. Worth it? That's a different. That's honestly a different question. Um, potentially, honestly, I I can't fault people for taking him in the middle of the first round like that. The difference between him and the number two tight end every year is astronomical. And it was like a hundred and something points last year. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, such a huge number that that positional difference in points is a huge upgrade. Um, I think Travis Kelsey ended up on like, it was something like 30% of championship teams out of all fantasy platforms last year. It's a, it's a very, very large number. Um, so I, I can't fault it, but regardless, Kelsey should be the consensus number one tight end, no matter where you're drafting. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly with you on that, but uh, because of last year being like a, a weird year for the Ravens, um, I, I think Mark Andrews is a, is a better value. Like Travis Kelsey is obviously my number one. Um, but personally, in a draft, if I'm going going to go tight end high like that, which is either Travis Kelsey or Marcus An- or Marcus Mark Andrews, <laughs> I'd rather have Mark Andrews towards the end of the second than Travis Kelsey in the first. Taking a bit of a risk, but Travis Kelsey, he's undeniable at number one. Yeah, and typically I, I think they'll finish around the same though. Typically, you're getting Mark Andrews middle of the third, so I don't. I, I you know I like that pick. Uh, I think it's a good pick. Uh, Mark Andrews. There is a world where he finishes as the tight end one this year with uh, Todd Monken as the offensive coordinator there. Now in Baltimore, they're going to throw the ball more. We've talked about it over and over again. Lamar Jackson, maybe a bit of a chip on his shoulder. That whole saga of should he get paid this much? Should he not? Mark Andrews is clearly the top receiver, and I on this offense. And I think with our with my first three guys, and I think our consensus first three tight ends, they're all the number one target on their offense in the receiving game. Yep. And so I think there's something to be said for that. So have I drafted Mark Andrews in every single draft in the third round? No, there have been some some drafts where I have in best ball leagues and that throughout the off season, um, and I'm totally totally fine with that. I you know, I think it's a good pick. So you just have to be ready to build your team um, in those other positions if you do take a tight end that high in the draft. But Mark Andrews, absolutely worth it. Yeah, I just want to add this real quick. We were all very high on Lamar Jackson during our quarterback rankings on our last episode. And honestly, what goes hand in hand with that is Mark Andrews also bouncing back. So I think we're all kind of on the same page here. It, he'll be probably not better than Kelsey, but pretty goddamn close. So his value is nice to get him maybe a round and a half, two rounds later. Sure. All right, our consensus number three tight end is Darren Waller. I have him at three. Uh, Big Herbie has him at three. Trey has him at four. Uh, right now, he's the tight end seven, and uh, going fifty nine or yeah, fifty nine overall. <clears throat> so typically, Darren Waller you're getting in somewhere around the sixth round, um, fifth sixth round. Um, yep. 
Um, and you know, at the very beginning of this off season, when I started doing best ball drafts and stuff like that, I wasn't in. I'm pretty much all in now. Um, yeah. Like I said earlier, he is the number one receiver on this team. The reports just keep flowing, and they're all positive. They're all talking about how you know um, Daniel Jones just cannot throw the ball to anybody else. Like he's just targeting Darren Waller over and over again. Um, I think he has a big year. Hopefully, he stays healthy. Um, he is 30 years old, uh, but. As long as he's taking care of himself, I think he does stay healthy. I think he's the number one target on this team. I think he has a big year. So tight end three, and I think he's a value right now. Absolutely. I mean, I know, Trey, you have Hawkinson at three and Waller at four. Um, but you are getting Waller a round and a half after Hawkinson, which I think is huge. Um, and plus, we've talked about uh, in our quarterback episode about guys being rejuvenated and excited to play for the, for these new teams. I think Waller fits that, that bill completely. Yeah. I think I know you specifically mentioned it last well in the QB episode how you thought like Waller kind of just quit wanting to play for the Raiders mm-hmm. and now he seems completely rejuvenated and wants to as long as he stays healthy I know he doesn't have the best track record with he- with his health um but I mean if he does stay healthy like the sky's the limit yeah yeah I'm mostly with you guys but I'm telling you as a Raiders fan I probably dug too deep into this which really only put in one one spot below where you guys have him at three I have him at four. Not a huge um, difference. Yeah. Not a huge Much difference. Much bigger than like the consensus ADP, which is right. tight end seven. Right. And the upside is crazy, definitely. But this is a guy who has not played a full season since 2020. And we touched on this a little bit, I think, on the last episode. I can't remember that was part of the recording. But um, he has a bunch of off-field activities that he's very interested in as far as like his music career and things like that. And how easily he was able to more or less exaggerate his injury with the Raiders last year and kind of want to stay away from the team, which you guys were touching on, the fact that he didn't want to play. That's the only reason I have him lower. Like the, the sky is the limit for him, but will he play an entire season and will he be as dedicated? Because Homeboy's already made his money. Yeah. So I mean, if he's interested in doing something off the field, it might distract from like how much he's. Um, the good times that we remember for the Raiders, essentially, when he was grinding, coming off the practice squad, where he had 120, 150 targets a season. Right. I don't know if that's replicable. Like I said uh, in our last episode, the best thing he could do for his rap career is come out and score a bunch of touchdowns for the New York Giants. Get Nas on the track. Okay. And (laughs) and honestly, that'd be fucking sick. But let's just say he even does do that. Can he stay healthy throughout that, or is yeah. he willing to fight through that? Because we know that more it is with these younger players when they get injured, they're a little more cautious than it was back in the day. Yeah. So w- once you get a somewhat significant injury, they might play more cautiously and consider the end of their career if they have something to go to outside of that. I'm diving super deep. I'm just throwing that out there with Darren Waller. Yep. I mean, all in all, he should have a great year. Um, Everything, all the writing's on the wall, right? Like, there's not a lot of threats on the outside. You know, we're talking about guys that, you know, also can't stay on the field. Sterling Sharp or Shepard. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm Paris uh, Campbell. Um, Isaiah Hodgins is a guy that I've talked up a little bit um, in the Darius last few Slayton's episodes. Well. Darius Slayton. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Hodgins. Um, so, you know, it's it's a bunch of basically unknowns, right? It's a wide receiver room full of knee injuries. Yeah, so the opportunity is there. He should be the number one target on this team. That's what it's coming out to be. So, yeah, I think uh, top three, you know, maybe a bit spicy for some, but um, I think he finishes there. So, uh, essentially, our consensus three is Darren Waller. Yeah, Yeah, because of the average. For sure. Yeah, and... Consensus four would be TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, I think you and I both have him at four. Trey had him at three. Um, Makes sense there, too. I mean, when he moved from the Lions to the Vikings, it was a completely different factor. Um, He had that that one huge game since Seahawks when he was in the Lions. But other than that, he was underutilized, um, honestly. But going to the Vikings, he immediately became Kirk Cousins' number two target behind Justin Jefferson. 
Um, the addition of yep. Jordan Addison, I think, does hurt him a little bit. I think that's the biggest reason why I had Waller ahead of him. Um, but he should still have a great year. Honestly, I see where you're coming from, and I thought about that for a second. But so, say they lost Adam Thielen, they added uh, Jordan Addison. Um, w- with Adam Thielen on the squad, who was pretty solidified as far as like target share and things like that. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson. I mean, we're talking like he's averaging. Uh, this is very rough math. I've been thinking at least eight to nine targets a game when he went to the Vikings. Yeah, they were targeting the shit out of him. And a lot of that, I think, was, you know, Adam Thielen obviously getting older, just wasn't quite getting the job done. Um, but there's a world where TJ Hawkinson is the, you know, second target in this offense. I think Jordan Addison's going to, going to, uh, be a guy in this offense. Um, KJ Osborne is still there, but TJ Hawkinson is the second most proven receiver on this team. Yeah, he he looks like a great option, honestly. I, I love everything about it. Yeah, honestly, it, it is one of those years. I mean, we've been talking about forever how like the tight end landscape has been pretty crappy, but this seems like a year where there are a lot more good tight ends than there have been in the past. Um, and but it makes it so like if you don't get one of those top two guys in like Kelsey or Andrews, there's actually a pretty good chance you land a uh, top five tight end much later in the draft too. There's a lot of good talented guys in the league all of a sudden that uh, makes the tight end position really interesting this year. Yeah, but as you guys know, I'm the tight end guy. I I care about this position for some reason. Um, oh, the football position. Yeah. The the, the oh okay. Um, uh, a lot of ways, but so. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was hard this year. It, it's very deep, and I, I think this year we might actually see a tier two develop in tight ends. So tier one, you know, Travis Kelsey, Marcus Andrews, most likely. Mark. You said Marcus again. God, I keep doing that. Is he a Spaniard now? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds cooler, <laughs> yeah, in my opinion. You're thinking of uh, the NBA player. I'm just going to keep calling that. Marcus Andrews. And um, we might see a second tier where there's you know a nice it's gonna be a drop in points, but it's gonna be a nice little area where we're talking about 150, 200 points, and after that a big Marquez. drop off like we normally see. So yeah, Marquez, Andrews, <laughs> or Travis, <laughs> Kelsey. Yeah, <laughs> after that we might see actual tier two this year instead of like a hundred point drop off after the top tight ends. All right, moving on. Um, I have Dallas Godert. Go there? You want to go there, bud? Oh, go there, bud. At uh, five. Ugh, gross. And <laughs> I'm the only one. I I mean, I've go there, or got her at one spot down at six. I still have Kittle at five. I know he's getting older, and he has, he's had some injuries um, in the last couple of years, but regardless of who's the quarterback there, he just seems to always produce when he's on the field. Kittle? Yeah, Kittle. Yeah. And so I can't... Put him ahead of ahead of Godair, especially because we know that um, Dallas is going to be the third option in this passing game behind AJ Brown and uh, Devontae Smith. Yeah, you and I have Dallas and George uh, flip flopped. I have Dallas at five. You have George at five. Um, for me, uh, when I was looking these two guys over, I do like George Kittle, but. You know, George Kittle is going to give you those big splash games, uh, but man, he's already dealing with injury um, in fucking training camp, and just the consistency for me was Dallas. I think he's going to be available for more for more games than George, and uh, and finish just slightly higher. So yeah, that's why I have Dallas so, at five. Uh, Trey, before you go into Kittle at five, I would love to wonder why Goddard is not ranked in your top twelve. I'm just not into it. Holy shit. Okay. I'm let's, not, uh, wait, I mean, what? for the sake of the show, let's just please not get that opinion recorded. <laughs> You're the tight end guy. You don't have Dallas anywhere in your top 12. I don't like it. I mean, he's you been in the league for five years. He's been a top 10 or top 12 tight end three of those seasons. It has even yes. when he was back with Zach Ertz. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm just I'm not liking it. He doesn't score enough touchdowns. He has a decent you have chair. Michael Mayer. Yes, I do. We already kn- we already knew that was gonna be the case. We all knew this. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know damn well Trey was gonna have Michael Mayer ranked in his top twelve. He had to sneak him in there. Yeah, I, I had to. I'm telling you, I don't like Dallas Goddard because he doesn't score touchdowns. He doesn't do it. But he's a he's again he's been a top twelve time for more than half of his career. 
three years out of five. More than half. Thank you. <laughs> uh, how many years has Michael Mayer done that? Zero. He's a fucking rookie. Zero. Yeah, yeah. I'm just hopping on the train just so I can look like a fucking genius next year because you guys are going to be fucked when you're not What about Dalton Schultz? What yeah. about him? All right. Just, I mean, I don't even. I like it. <sighs> there aren't teens that are going to be losing more and they're going to get the ball more. That's what I'm looking at. Dallas Goddard, he doesn't score touchdowns. Tight ends need to score touchdowns unless you get a ridiculous share. And he does get a good share of the yardage on that offense. I just don't see that con- like continuing as far as like with. But why do you see it dropping off? Like he's done this now for five. That, that's why I'm confused. That it's like why there's no reason to expect it to drop off. There's actually a reason to think that it could jump up with another year of development from Jalen Hurts. It might, yeah. I, I just like what I'm seeing from the other guys more as far as like that second tier of tight ends. Is he like super far out of my top 12? No, he's not. But I just didn't want to put him on the list. Okay. All right. Clearly, uh, me, and Jim, me and Jim are not on the same page. Yeah, clearly not. It doesn't matter. We'll see what happens at the end of the year, and you'll see why. Okay. Okay. I'm we will, not. We will definitely revisit this. I'm not gonna go there. We 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 tried to go there plenty oh, of times. You're gonna forget about this because you're just buried in tight ends all season long, and then boom! At the end of the year, you're gonna be like, "Wait, what tight end is this that I haven't been in all year?" I mean, he was a top twelve tight end last year, and he only played twelve games. He missed five games, but still a top twelve guy. I'm telling you, I'm not in. All right. It's a gut feeling. Um, okay. He needs to score more touchdowns. All right. Um, I need to see a doctor. Get your, jet, your gut checked. So I had Dallas what? at five, George Kittle at six. Um, I guess we'll just move on here to the seven spot. Um, just as either Kittle does, or I'm sorry, Kittle. Um, we should go to six, actually, because Trey does have a guy at six that we do not. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I got Evan Ingram at six. Because, like I was talking about a little bit um, either earlier on this podcast or I believe on the quarterback podcast on our last episode, I believe the Jaguars are being horribly underdrafted. This offense is taking huge leaps forward after year one under the new coach. And I, I like what I saw out of him. So I mean, that's Evan fair. Ingram. It's just like, for me, I mean, talking about going to the well too many times with Godert. With Goddard or Godard, however you want to say it, um, we went to the. How many times in every single year did we go to the, go like Evan Ingram's going to break out and he never did. And then finally, we're like everyone's off him. And he finally has a good year. But then this season, where the addition of Calvin Ridley, I again, and I think most people are beginning to think That's this way because his because Calvin Ridley's ADP is skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. He's gone from like the eighth round to like the fourth round in the matter of just last month or so. So I just can't see Evan Ingram being able to replicate what he did last season um, just because of the addition of of Ridley. So personally, I have Ingram all the way down to 10. Yeah. Personally, um, you're wrong. Well, so. you know, I and historically, there's really not a huge difference between um, 7 and 10 or whatever the ten wh- point whatever we're talking about right now. That, but that, And that's a, that's a fair point. That is a very fair point. You're nitpicking at this point. I also it, have Evan, Evan Ingram at 10. I think he'll be a a top 10 tight end. Um, couple of fucking idiots. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just not a huge difference. Um, historically when you, when you're talking about, you know, outside of the top five tight ends, there's really not a huge difference. Um, we're, we're talking ceiling at that point. What, yeah. what is possible? That's fair. And that's why I have him in that area. I get it. I get both sides of the the argument. It's an ascending offense, ascending quarterback. But yes, there's new new guys in town who are, in my opinion, elite. I think Calvin Ridley is elite. I think he'll remain that way for at least the next couple of years. And um, there he is going to demand a a large target share in this offense. So. And you also can't forget about Christian Kirk, who had a great year last year. Yeah, can I just say this? Basically, as a wide receiver one, I think he was the yeah he was he was he was receiver eleven last year. So like he yeah. did finish as a as wide receiver one. Now you're 
putting a guy who I think everyone agrees is the much more talented player. In Calvin, Calvin Ridley was a top five guy. His last full season playing. Correct. Mm-hmm. I'll just say this. I, I but see... I like that you're high on Evan Ingram. I, I, I think this entire offense, like, but the thing is, is like, will the entire offense be, be what we want them to be? Hopefully. I think they are being under drafted, but someone is going to lose out. Um, it's just like, who's it going to be? But Dude, I think that would be like a poor man Chiefs. Honestly, yeah. they're, they're going to throw the ball at absolute shit ton. But the only thing like that's different between them and the Chiefs is like we know who's starting for them and getting majority touches or carries. Right, yeah. So they got all the tools. I, I think he's in a very interesting spot. I mean, last year I think Trevor Lawrence threw like 500-something passes. I guess he'd get up to like 600 this year. Like Mahomes-type attempt levels. Okay. So they're throwing the ball that much. I, yeah, I mean, he was almost there last year. He actually, in his first two seasons in the NFL, he's threw for 602 attempts in his rookie year, 584 last year. Oh, right. And last year, on less attempts, more productive. But quali- oh, more productive. What's the quality of those attempts? You know what I mean? Like, Well, way different. I mean, year one was I mean, huge. I mean, so his rookie exactly. year, he, his he, rookie year, he had more attempts, but he actually had more completions last season. Right. So That's, that's my point is, what is the quality of those attempts? Because it's a better offense overall, um, higher valuable, you know, um, attempts, um, better playmakers around him. So better coaching. So Dude, first year with Ingram, first year um, with Peterson, no, second year with ETN, first year with Peterson. Um, now that he gets Calvin Ridley back. This this offense is going to be pretty fucking deadly, man. And so, that's fair. They're gonna be really you good. Just gotta try to it, it, ride on the coattails, man. It's more like, again, for me, it's the concern of like we were. Everyone was waiting for that Ingr- for Ingram to finally do something in the NFL, and he just kept putting it off. And my concern is that he goes kind of back to the wayside because there's more options for for Lawrence to throw to. I mean, I last year when we were talking about the Jaguars, it was like, look out. You know, they were supposed to be fucking last, basically, in, in their division, the NFL, like a terrible, terrible team. No one really had hopes for them Going, looking back in the offseason of last year. We talked about them um, positively and said this is a team, you know, let's not forget who Trevor Lawrence was. And they invested with some – you know, maybe not elite receivers, but guys that could at least get the job done. And Christian Kirk, say Zay Jones. That's true. I mean, we did think Evan that Ingram. Everyone in, in the world thought they overpaid for Christian. And we Kirk. said they could win this fucking division. And then what do they do? They go out and they uh, make the playoffs. Like it's a legit team, and so I, I think they're going to be even better this year. And you know, sky's the limit, really. So yeah, Evan Ingram. You know, I like. Uh, the guy historically, I I haven't, but I do like him. He's in my top ten. He's Let's fucked us, but it's like a toxic relationship, man. I'm just like, oh, he has yeah. promise again. Honestly, it's kind of crazy looking back. The one one other time he was actually a starable tight end was his rookie year when he t- finished as the tight end five. Uh, last year finished as the tight end five as well, and the stats are eerily similar. Similar. Uh, he had more targets his rookie year, but receptions were only a nine reception difference yards were almost identical only 40 yard difference he had a couple more tight uh touchdowns as a, as a rookie like clearly we know what he needs to hit to be a top five tight end and if he does replicate that um basically with 750 yards and four or five touchdowns he'll be there he's a talented guy really good athlete that's you know struggled with drops in the past but that's it yeah. um all right moving on number seven I have Pat Fryermuth, the Muth, at tight end seven for me. You both have Kyle Pitts at seven. Yeah. Um, I have Muth down at nine, and the only reason I have that is, one, I mean, obviously we have the addition from the kid from from Georgia, who I don't think he's going to play a ton, but it's more that I believe the ascension of Kenny Pickett this year and then him growing along with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens will actually remove some of the targets that Frymuth has. Um, I know that sounds kind of backwards that way. Uh, if Kenny Pickett gets better, you think the whole offense will get better. But I think he's 
he showed such a great connection with Pickens, especially last year. And I think having a full another offseason with Deontay Johnson, who had a down year last season compared to previous years, especially from what we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, scored just, zero touchdowns. Yeah, and I can pretty much guarantee you he's going to score at least one touchdown this year. <laughs> oh, big <laughs> bets, dude. Big bets. So, I love Deontay Johnson yeah. in the drafts because he's getting uh, – He's getting killed in shit ADP. on in, in ADP yeah. just because of that. So and so because of that, I think just think that the growth is actually going to be where like Firemuth. I don't think sees a huge uptick in production, if any at all. I think he's going to be kind of exactly where he was last year. I see an increase. I see. Uh, you know, we saw in their last preseason game, Pat Firemuth on one of the only drives that the offense was in. It was a it was a dart from. 25 yards out or so uh, yeah. to it Pat Fryer It was also his only target in the game. but It was a preseason game. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the only drive they were out there. Um, and he scored the touchdown. He's he's a very – look, I was high on this kid coming into – I think we all were. Muth is great. He's very oh, talented. Yeah, he, he's solidified. He is an athletic freak, and he's he's been kind of knocked down a tier just – because of last year and and rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett, I'm just as high on on Pat Fryermuth as I was coming into the NFL. We're always looking for like what who's the next Travis Kelsey, like he fits the mold. He's really talented. Um, and look, if Kenny Pickett takes a step forward, like everyone's saying he should and is going to do, I think Pat Fryermuth is is. Definitely a top 10 tight end. Um, I have him at seven. I think, you know, I have him higher than guys like uh, Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram, David Njoku. That's yeah. how much I believe in him. And, so, and, yeah. and that's fair. I mean, honestly, I think I think we've all kind of said it last year where, like, Muth reminds us so much of Heath Miller. Exactly. He's mm. Good comparison. Yeah, he's a dog, man. And he's going to be their number one red zone target. I guarantee it. Well, hopefully, because last year he did only score two touchdowns. How yeah. many did Deontay Johnson <clears throat> score? Zero. How many did George Pickens score? Uh, probably a couple. Maybe four. Here's the thing I'm seeing with Pat Firemuth is um, obviously change of quarterback. His rookie year Pickens was Ben Roethlisberger, right? He had four. Pickens had four last Pickens year. Pickens had four last year. So um, the, the big difference is he saw a 20-plus increase in targets, right? And his yards per target came up by a yard and a half from his rookie year. And his yards per catch went from 8.2 to 11.6. Sure, he didn't get a lot of touchdowns. He still finished as tight end 8 in a PPR league, tight end 11 in standards. This guy is more than worthy. And we're talking about an offense that's like in its infancy, like you guys were saying. That's true. I mean, really, the only reason I have Pitts at seven and you know ahead of Fryermuth is just that Pitts's talent is still as so much. I understand we all expect the Falcons to run the absolute hell hell out of the ball, but if Pitts does play a full season, there's no reason not to think that he can't come close to what he did his rookie year, where he had over a thousand receiving yards, right? And that's where I'm looking yeah. at the talent difference is immense i have to admit that i mean because pitts is essentially a receiver playing the tight end position is it crazy for me to think that the quarterback room in pittsburgh is better than atlanta no not at all right like i'd rather take pat Firemuth with kenny pickett than going with kyle pitts but you have kyle but you have kyle pitts Pitts, thousand yard receiving season rookie year came with who throwing him the ball matt ryan Matt Ryan, and then my boy next quarterback year. Quarterback that won the MVP. Very, not that, I don't think he won it that year. Not that no, year, he, but I'm saying he, he was at, yes. he's an MVP-level quarterback. He In won it. In years past, things have happened, yes. <laughs> so, I you know, I, I don't know. The whole Kyle Pitts thing is like, yes, he's talented, but I was watching him in preseason game, and I don't know, man. He, he kind of looked sluggish. I don't know if – so last year his um, – Injury was considered an MCL sprain. I don't know if it was worse than that or what, but that's not a very serious injury. And he's still been like wearing a knee brace in, in practice and training camp and not running routes at full go because of the injury, according to reports. And he did undergo surgery though, so 
I mean, on that MCL, even though they just called it a sprain, he did still have to get surgery. So, I yeah, guess surgery. It dude. just seems like overly cautious. That's not a serious surgery. That's don't like be a dick, dude. He got surgery. They went in his knee. I don't know, man. I'm out on pits. I'll just say that. And the sixth round, if you want to draft Kyle Pitts, please be my guest. Have fun with that. I am 1,000% not drafting Kyle no, Pitts. No, honestly, in the sixth round, that that's high. I, that's I where just, he's being I drafted. Just, so. Right, but I mean, we both have him, like we said, we have him at seven, not tight end five, so we're expecting him to go a couple rounds lower than that. Oh, yeah, and honestly, once you get past like, the first well, That's five, how we expect him to finish out, his ADP should be. But Yeah, and w- once you get past like the first five nine. rounds in a draft, Tight ends, there might be one around. I mean, so we Maybe. essentially swapped. You have him at nine. We have Pitts at seven. That's where I have Muth at nine. So, like, and again, the same thing you said between like tight ends seven and 10, the differences are minimal. Uh, it is, yeah. But with that being said, I do agree that the ADP. But look for, where you're drafting these guys. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was getting to. The, the, the ADP for Muth is much more reasonable than it is for Pitts. So. Um, regardless of how you think mm-hmm. you're gonna finish in terms of the value and getting that getting that person when you're drafting, Muth is probably the better option. It's hard. It's it, it is, and I I will I will give people that it is hard not to draft Kyle Pitts in the sixth round because of the name and the talent, the pedigree, and all the hype. It's so hard not to draft a guy like that mm-hmm. just because of what could be. But I'm telling you, let's see it first. Okay, we yeah. saw it one year with a good quarterback, above average quarterback, okay, yeah. who won the fucking MVP at one point in the NFL. That's hard to do. And it was <laughs> very weird. hard to do. And it was only like the year or two prior that he won the MVP. So it was not like he was like far off. From now that. we're playing with Desmond uh, Ritter. Yeah. The biggest thing, though, too, we you mentioned Muth being a great red zone target. Young tight ends love to target the tight end in the red zone, right? Pitts only has three tight end or three touchdowns in his entire career. Don't we expect that number to rise this season? I would uh, fucking hope so. Yeah, it definitely should. But yeah, I'm with Jim on this one. When you're in that range in the draft, get past like the top four or five tight ends. I, I'm I'm taking like ceiling, consistent guys. I I don't want like you know this guy might help me or absolutely kill me. I'm not drafting anyone in that range tight end wise. Right. Or like I don't know for a fact I can start them every week. And that's fair, but again, you still have Pitts rated, ranked above Muth. I do have the Pitts <laughs> above the Muth. So are you are you changing your rankings on no. the fly here? No, this I, is what it kind of sounds like. I, I feel the same about them, but I'm not drafting Pitts in the fifth, which is where he like is going right now. Fair, and that's like hundred percent fair. And that, that's why I put that out there. So at this point, you know, in my rankings, once he gets like. Once we get from seven to twelve, these are guys. It's like it, it's up in the air. It's how you're building your team. Um, at this point, let's just say Pitts is available in the seventh, and I have two running backs I love, two running back or two wide receivers, probably two other flex players, whether wide receiver or running back. I would right. consider Pitts at this point. It kind of sounds- take a risk to excel my team because I know a bunch of tight ends because I'm the fucking tight end guy. If my tight end doesn't work out in fucking round seven or eight, I can find another one. It kind of sounds like what we can all agree on, at least, is that we believe Muth has the higher ceiling, but Pitts is the higher, or I'm sorry, is the higher floor, but Pitts is the higher ceiling. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah, okay. Muth is like if if you and are, are you do you are you guys scared, in agreement you that you're not taking Pitts in the fifth or sixth round in redraft leagues, twelve yes. team leagues? And I would say that is I, that as too much high? As, as much as or I, are we idiots? And no. is that is an extreme value? I could be in fucking twenty leagues. I do, I do not see myself driving Kyle pits in the Pitts fifth or sixth this, round. Is is high, uh, even though I, high. I I don't. And it's so hard to say because I do have pits ranked above Frymouth. But in terms of just pure value, if you think that they could end up with like very similar stats, which they very well could, getting Muth three rounds later is a huge value. Dude, I don't have it available in front of me, but the guys you have available in the fifth and sixth rounds, like um, just. Flex wise in general, running back, wide receiver, they're so much more valuable than Kyle Pitts is at tight end. Yeah, that yeah, you, and that's you're just, still building your until Kyle Pitts is it has a proven someone that can get him the ball accurately, consistently. I'm out because the the draft name, the name alone, um, carries way too much draft capital. 
uh, you know, by itself. Yeah. I mean, real, realistically, you are drafting Pitts the exact same spot. You can draft Tyler Lockett. Tyler which, Lockett, which is like my sixth round pick every fucking draft. Yeah, real quick, Coppins, fifth round, sixty-eight, right? Guys going after him right now, according to ADP on Fantasy Pros: Christian Kirk, Dalvin Cook, Tyler Lockett, like you just said, James Cook, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, there's all sorts of Dave names. Montgomery. You guys don't really like him, but th- there's a bunch of names. I'm just like, I would rather have these guys and take a risk on them than take a risk on a tight end who might not right. hit. When there's other guys who are so much more consistent. By the way, sidebar: Have you did you have you seen any of Bijan Robinson in the preseason? Yeah, he looks amazing. Oh my fucking god, dude! Fuck his out. first carry, <laughs> he looks so his good. very first carry, he breaks two guys' ankles in yeah. the hole. Yeah, and goes for like ten yards. Yeah, yeah. like. He's so fucking good. And then he the design little flat route catches it one handed. Boom. So he's so fucking good. I'm dude. gonna tell you guys right now. I have not seen he this. is my second running back off the board. He behind is Chris so... McCaffrey. He's ahead of that Austin Eckler. I don't care what anybody says. Bajon Robinson should be They're the gonna second. run the ball forty oh, fucking what? times a game with Bajon. Yes. Bajon Robinson is gonna be should be the second and that's running back a, That's another thing that, that led me to like dropping Kyle Pitts further and further down my board is like they're not going to need to th- fucking throw the ball that much. Yeah. Because they have this guy, Bijan Robinson, who might already be the best running back in the league, and then Tyler Algier behind him to give him breathers, who's a pretty good fucking running back. He's a thousand-yard al- runner Thousand-yard runner, average five yards a carry. Like, Might already be the best running back in the league. Yeah, he's yeah. that good. Is that He's that good. Should I look these highlights up? I mean, Why, well, you didn't already? Do a little homework. <laughs> Um, I didn't know they played him at all. Yeah. Yeah, in the prison, he he looks amazing already. It's stupid. Um, okay, moving on. Tight end eight. So I have, and maybe maybe we as a group are too high on this guy. I don't know. Maybe I'll, it'll. I'm right here with you, man. It'll I'm bite right us in the ass, you. but uh, I'm in on Dalton Kincaid, man. And, I, and like, you know, this whole offseason, I was like, okay, dude, the talent's there. Number one, boom. And then the NFL draft happens, and all the draft capital is there. You know, the, the Buffalo Bills, the best landing spot he probably could have had. They traded up to get him, and instead of drafting one of the wide receivers, that a lot of them were still on the board um, that we like, they take Dalton Kincaid. He's still... Uh, Dalton? Dolphin, <laughs> the Dolphin, uh, Kincaid. Yeah, that, maybe that'll be his nickname. What's the Dolphin. What's the injury you got? Oh, it's Bion. <laughs> <laughs> Tied in fourteen right now is his consensus ADP on Fantasy Pros, going one twenty eight overall. And you know, historically, it's never been a smart thing in fantasy football to be in on rookie tight ends. But I, I've been saying it. Um, this isn't a rookie tight end. He is playing a different position. He's going to be a slot receiver slash tight end. He's plays with nobody but the ones. He's going to be an important part of this offense, I think, right out of the gates. Um, in the preseason targets that he's gotten, I've seen really nice things as far as his route running and getting open. I'm all in on Dalton Kincaid right now. He's my tight end eight. I have him one spot ahead of, yes, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> um, I'm all in, man. Uh, you know, at, at first, the beginning of the offseason, I said, you know, I wouldn't draft him as your starting tight end, but someone I would take as a sleeper. His his ADP is going to continue to rise, especially through this, this next two weeks. You're going to have to probably draft him as your starting tight end unless you take one of the, the popular guys earlier in the draft. Um, so... I'm in, man. I th- yeah. I think uh, I think he's going to change the game and and be immediately um, an impact for fantasy and and real life football year one. No, you got to risk it for the biscuit, right? And Don Kincaid is worth that risk. Um, I've said all off season that I believe he's going to be the second leading target getter on this team behind Stephon Diggs, and if that. If that does hold true, which I again believe it does, that means you're going to be looking at somewhere between probably around 800 yards and half a dozen touchdowns. And if that happens, he is a top five tight end in this league. 800 yards, ooh, yeah. Sam with you guys, but damn, that's 
I mean, but, look, but, I mean if he's going to be the second target getter, that as a basically a wide receiver two there, that is on par for what wide receivers two give you. Yep, and I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm just playing devil's advocate since we all agree pretty much on this position here uh, of where Dalton Kincaid belongs. But yeah, um, I mean, you only have a couple spots be later at ten, right? Uh, I think I'm at the same spot actually. Uh, number you have him at ten. You do have him at uh, ten. I got him at ten. Yeah. You have uh, you have Cole Komet in front of him, and that's about it. Other than uh, Pitts and Muth, who we've already discussed yep. thoroughly. And the only reason I have him down at ten is because you know uh, Dawson Knox, former tight end for the Bills, still there. Yes, former tight end one. Uh, former tight end one for the Bills. <laughs> I guess you could say. Um, last year played. All sixteen games. Um, he only. is the, he is their tight end one, Dawson Knox. Yeah, he plays a different position than Dalton Kincaid. <laughs> he has a different role than Dalton Kincaid. It's not the same job. Oh, I know it's hard to. They're gonna they're gonna play Kincaid in the slot. It's a different for job. majority of this season. They're not gonna play him in line. Uh, what have you guys seen? That I haven't seen. (laughs) Obviously, we we did our tight end rankings, but it's just like, why do you think that? So look at reports. Look at their preseason games. And you will see everything that we're seeing. He's not a a blocker. Okay. This is it. We're talking about a kid who didn't play football until his senior year of high school. Realistically, we should be looking at this kid the exact same way we were looking at Kyle Pitts when he came out of Florida. He's a he's not gonna play tight end. He's gonna play a receiver position. Right. Oh, interesting. He's a freak athlete. He's like the same size. He's a freak athlete who they realized who realized in his senior year of football, someone probably told him, Hey, if you go fucking play tight end slash receiver, you're gonna be really good at it. And turns out he was and dominated in college. That's why he was my number one tight end because of the receiving prowess. Prowess, you know, the the position is evolving. Like tight ends that can receive and be a mismatch nightmare for defenses. That is they. That is a new kind of wave with with Kelsey and Andrews and these guys that have impacted the game. Have you not watched Michael Mayer's tape? I'm telling you, man, it's it's he's a different player than Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, all these guys um, that were other really good tight ends in this draft. It was a really good tight end draft class. He's potentially the best ever. There's so much talent in this tight end rookie class. It's crazy. He's playing a different position. And okay. you're going to be able to slot him in as your tight end in fantasy football. And he's basically a fucking wide receiver too, with Josh Allen as his quarterback on a team that likes to throw the ball a lot. Over Gabe Davis. Yes. I can see it happening. I'm just asking. Yeah, Gabe Davis, he's an okay wide receiver. He's not I mean, great. I told everyone last year that people were putting way too much capital in Gabe Davis based off of a single playoff game. The reason they're doing that is because they so badly wanted the second option in this offense because it's very fucking valuable. Who, you know, the second receiving option behind Stefan Diggs is is super valuable in this offense. Who is it going to be? As long as that person is consistent. The, Gabe it, Davis has exactly. shown clearly he can't be consistent. He's not good enough. And I, I agree with you. I think Kincaid is going to be that guy. Yep. There's I'd that. love to fucking see it, but man. We'll see. And if we're wrong, hey. But um, but at the same time, as we said said earlier, like the differences between like seven and ten are so thin, and you have Kincaid at ten, commit one spot ahead of him. So, but like the differences between those guys are so slim, it probably won't matter, except for the fact that you're both going to be able to get commit and Kincaid way late, commit even later than Kincaid at this point. I mean, commit in most leagues in a twelve man league might not be drafted. That is true. If we're going off of ADP right now, at the same time, I don't have a commit in my top twelve. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you just you do things sometimes, and sometimes they don't uh, work. So, <laughs> so uh, I forgot where we were here. Um, I got we started talking about Kincaid. Um, in my Kincaid. Uh, well, we can really kind of jump to ten or so at this point. Trey, have you finished making your point? I don't want to cut you off. Oh no, my my point is made. Okay, 
I got faith, but I need to see it. So, um, going to 10, um, we've already talked about Evan Ingram. That's who, where I have a 10. I think you guys both have somebody else there. Uh, you, Grant, Trey has Kincaid. I have Evan Ingram at 10 as well. Okay, so I guess we can jump past that. <laughs> um, but it essentially comes down to that Kincaid, Pitts, and Muth are somewhere between 7 and 10 for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, uh, pretty great value for all of them. I you guys love Kincaid. He'd be on the bottom of that for me, but uh, there's some good guys you can grab in the later rounds. I mean, if you punt on the position, or not even punt on it, but if you don't get one of those top couple or top six guys, really, I mean, any of the guys we're talking about from seven to ten uh, late round draft picks are super valuable picks. I think they, I think they all end up actually having good years. But oh yeah, unless somebody like falls to me, honestly, if I miss out on a tight end that I want, I wait until like round fucking seven or eight, like at the earliest. All right, so at tight end eleven, I have David Njoku. Uh, Tyler also has David Njoku and. Uh, Trey has Dalton Schultz. I'll just speak real quick to D- to David Njoku. I think he's going to continue to ascend. I think he'll finish in the top 12. I think Deshaun Watson will uh, be better. Um, Massage Watson. Uh, yeah. You know, and I've kind of come around on that. I wasn't a full believer at the beginning of this offseason, and that's someone I've, I've risen on. So I kind of have to be a believer in Njoku as well because he's a legit red zone threat in this offense. So, um, yeah, I'm in on Najoku at 11. But, Trey, you had Schultz at 11, Dalton Schultz, um, who recently made the the move to Houston and is now the tight end one in Houston. So, Yep. Uh, the quarterback situation in Houston is, like, still pretty up in the air. And I've talked about this a million times in this podcast. Uh, when you don't have a like a sure quarterback, maybe like someone who maybe like C.J. Stroud or Davis Mills doing his second year, right? Davis Mills. No, Mills being his third year. His third year, right? Um, it, tight ends become more valuable, and quarterbacks are not like super prolific. And I really like the situation that he's coming into. And uh, on the Texans' offense, on a team that's probably gonna be playing from behind in most games this year. I, I really like him, honestly. I, I could see him averaging six targets a game at least, which puts him in the top 12 conversation easily. Okay. Um, at 12, we each have a different player. So why did you put that next to mine? What? Did, you, did you do that? Oh, yeah, because it's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, Isn't it hilarious? At 12, I, Jim, have Cole Komet at my uh, – my tight end 12. Uh, LMAO, dude. Tyler, big Herbie Herbach has Chiggy at 12, which, okay, I like. Uh, I'm interested in hearing that one. Trey has Michael Mayer, the rookie, excellent blocking tight end <laughs> um, in Las Vegas with Jimmy G as his quarterback. Yeah, try to shit on him. Um so i'll give you my piece and then you guys can you you can speak your piece okay so i have cole commit at 12 Ah, i'm good who you have ranked (laughs) higher (laughs) i'm just mad that you're shit on my michael mayer pick (laughs) of course i am um yeah uh, so cole commit i believe he could finish second in targets on this team um they struggled very mightily as a team last year through the beginning of really the first half of the season as a, you know, a passing offense. It was shit. It was terrible. Um, probably worse in the league. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but very, very bad. Um, the thing is, is if you remember back to off season going into the season last year, we all bought into Cole commit all three of us. Yeah, we're and, in, it bur- and it burned us until the mid-season or we're, so. We're in on Cole Komet as a late-round tight end, but I don't think we were completely wrong. Like I think he physically has the tools and athletically is a really good receiving kind of mismatch type of tight end, which we're seeing the trend go towards. You know, I still believe that, right? Um, we all bought into him last year. 
So what changed, you know, between now and and last year, right? So they had the shit beginning to the season. Um, But this offseason, they gave Cole Komet a big old contract. He's paid. Um, So obviously they believe in Cole Komet as a talent. Otherwise, they wouldn't have given him that that contract. I think he's going to be a core part of this offense. Otherwise, they wouldn't have given him that contract. They would have let him walk if they felt like it was Cole Komet's fault that he had such a shit season last year. Um, But towards the back end of the season, as Justin Fields got better as a quarterback and this offense started to find a rhythm and some chemistry, Cole Komet's numbers also increased. And I just think that if we really do believe in Justin Fields taking that next step, maybe we were just a year early on Cole Komet. Um, So... I'm back in, you know what I mean? Like last year I said you should draft Cole Command as a late round tight end and I'm I'm not going to jump off that that bandwagon yet. I'm going to ride with my take and I think Cole Komet can be a top 12 tight end this year and be more consistent and not so touchdown dependent. And so with the large improvement that we expect out of Justin Fields, I think Cole Komet is a viable week to week tight end uh for fantasy football. Big Irby, you don't even have him ranked. I don't. I have him just. Out, I just have him just outside the top twelve. My biggest concern is that uh, a third of his point, a little more than a third of his points, came in that three week span where he scored five touchdowns, and that's my concern. I know he did come on a little bit towards the end of the season, but but again, that was you got to think about it from a perspective of oh, we fucking found something, right? Like this offense right. was starting to. But then click. they also. But then they. Also went and drafted a, or traded for a true number one receiver at DJ Moore, which they didn't have which, last season. Yeah, which they desperately needed. Yeah, and Grant that could open up the passing game for Komet to have more targets, but I'm still kind of waiting to see. And I could be wrong here again. I haven't ranked probably just have, I've I extended my rankings probably be at 13, honestly, just outside of it. Um, and realistically, I mean, I have Chiggy at 12, and that's more just a gut feeling that I believe he's going to be a huge asset in the past game to, for the Titans. I think he actually outscores Traylon Burks this year, uh, especially now that Traylon Burks is dealing with an LCL sprain. Oh my God. Who they do... Hold on. They do say he might... He could no, I was, saying, I was saying, oh my God, to Traylon Burks being hurt. Like, of course yeah. he is. And they said that they expect... They think he'll be ready for week one, but even... They said they think. It's not for sure. Like, they don't... It's not, like, super, super positive that he will be ready there for week one, so I think he could end up missing a game or two. And not to mention... For a guy that is absolutely reliant as he is as Traylon Burks in terms of yak yards, you know, the yards of the catch, like at Arkansas, his best plays were receiver screens that he would then break off, right? Yeah. He wasn't really a deep threat or like a, a huge crosser type of guy. So he needs to have those those yak yards, which with a sprained LCL, it's a little hard to move laterally that way. So that's my concern that if he's especially hampered early in the season, that Chicky comes in and gets a lot more targets and that actually propels him because he's going to end up having a uh, better connection with Tannehill or any other quarterbacks end up playing for the Titans this year. Yeah. Mm, that's a good one. <clears throat> he, he's interesting. Someone I'm like not really into this year. Again, but, but he you, could hit for honestly, you. The same thing that, that you're saying with commit that maybe we're a year early. I could be a year early on Chuggy this year too. Absolutely. Well, last yeah. year we talked about him though. It, it, well, it takes time with tight ends, and we we started talking about Chuggy towards the back end of the year when he got involved. And you're right; it could take another year. Like Cole Komet, I think this will be his fourth year. Yeah. Which it, historically, that's what we see with tight ends: is it takes three to four years for them to really be to take that next step and and be consistent um, uh, contributors. So. Yeah. In my opinion, when we put it all together, like now there's someone on the outside for for the Bears that actually is a threat in DJ Moore, which they didn't have last like year. One and a half guys, hopefully. And now they have an offensive game plan that that seems to to work. Um, judging by the back end of last year, where they you know looked better, and they have a quarterback that we that everyone essentially at this point is assuming he's going to take a massive step forward. Cole Komet, they gave a giant contract to, a a big contract for a tight end. Um, So they obviously believe in him from a talent 
perspective, maybe we were just a year early, and this is the year. So, oh fuck! I feel like I've been on him for like two years. We have. I'm waiting for this shit to hit. The skill set is there. That's and, and that's part of my argument when I was making this list is like I can't bail out on on it now. Like we were in this shit last year. Like we believed in the skill set. We believe in the player. We believe in the tape that we've that we've watched. So now that things are starting to line up and all the, the pieces are coming together, you can't bail out now, you know, so. Dude, and let's just be honest. The fact that you have him at 12, I'm at 9 because I expect a, a, a good year to come out of this. But let's just say he does what he does last year. Yeah. Has five touchdowns and, you know, whatever, 700-ish yards. That's a top 12 tight end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's just what it that's is That's just crazy, days. yeah. Maybe not this year because it seems to be a little bit deeper and guys are in good positions. And The position is definitely evolving. Yeah. Like, for sure. But he, he said like five touchdowns. Okay, he could probably replicate that. Yeah. Justin Fields has to get better, right? I don't care if DJ Moore is in the, in the mix now. It really doesn't matter to me. I, I think he's still going to get the same amount of work. I think he's going to be one of their top red zone targets, if not their top red zone target. He's like six seven, fucking two hundred and sixty. Which he should pounds. be. Like he's a big fucking hoss, dude. Um and but who are we? So, we're just drinking beers, talking about fantasy football. So hopefully they fucking listen to us. Yeah. Over in Chicago. Can I talk about my guy? Sure. Michael Mayer. Number twelve, baby. Um the only reason I'm like really high on this, uh, obviously I <laughs> Good the kids. only reason? There's only one? There's no, one reason the, for it? There's multiple reasons. I, I'm i not going to make it too long. but God, Number one me? reason, he's a Raider. You make me all feel right. horrible for this. Okay, first of all, um, he's the obvious number one tight end on that team. He's barely played the preseason, which means he's going to be the starter. They're not playing any other tight ends. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know if you guys forgot who his tight end was for uh, pretty much actually the entirety of that tight end's career. George Kittle. What? Kittle's been in the league for like eight years, homie. And Jer- Jimmy Garoppolo's been throwing in the ball the entire fucking time. Garoppolo's only in, in San Francisco for like three nope. seasons. Nope. What are you smoking, nope. dude? Nope. Nope. Garoppolo's been there <laughs> since 2017. George Kittle started in 2017. What was your argument? Uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo can throw to quarterbacks. I hate Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy, he can throw to quarterbacks? To tight ends. God damn it. <laughs> I hate him. He can't throw the ball deep, but he can't throw the tight he ends. Right on that. I'm surprised. I feel like Kittle's been leaked forever. No. See, that's why I, I double-checked it before I Trey did some he, research. He, <laughs> he only does I research did. on Michael Mayer. That is fucking <laughs> that's it. That's the only thing I look up. Michael Mayer, just to defend my boy, okay? And George Kittle, he finished uh, top five <laughs> four times in the last four years, Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo cannot throw deep. I don't care what the it's fuck so anyone tells me about training camp. It doesn't fucking work, man. I mean, all right, some of the correlations there, but I mean, you're basically saying that Michael Mayer is going to beat George Kittle. No, I'm not saying that, but he will be top 12. I mean, if you remove George Kittle's rookie season, he's Pen been a cakes. top five tight end every year except for the one year when he missed eight games. Exactly. I already said that. More or less. In a but so, way. so then what you are saying is that Michael Mayer is going to be George Kittle. No, I'm just saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is capable of supporting a top tier tight end. And that makes sense. And a completely different offense with a completely different tight end. Now, <laughs> two of those different coach. <laughs> should be able to know that two of the years that George Kittle's finished top five, Jimmy Garoppolo played a total of nine games in those two seasons. So he had other people throwing the ball. God damn it. Don't read into this. <laughs> You're killing me. Okay. All I'm saying is it, it was really hard for me to put a rookie tight end on my top 12, and which, is, have, which is, which is, you have two of them, which is Dalton Kincaid. I had two. No, Trey has oh, two. I, I have two. Yeah. Michael Mayer, top 12. I don't give a fuck. I'll die on that hill. All right. Hit me up. Go to my address. It's the, I'm kidding. I'm you know, every, you know, everyone's going to say it's just a homer pick, right? No, it's not because at the end of the year, you guys will see I'm right. All right, all right. There's a there's a couple things we need to bookmark in this <laughs> show. What, I don't understand what what like what the big deal is. Rookie tight ends have had 700 plus five plus touchdown seasons. Name yeah. name two besides Kyle Pitts and Mike Ditka. Yeah. Or actually, name one. 
I'll check it. Don't worry. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? The thing is, is, is rookie tight ends out, typically don't um, excel like that, um, and especially guys that. Now, the only the biggest issue that we're like Jason Witten did he finish top five the first five years he played in okay. the NFL? There you go. You got one. All right, that's fair. The problem is that like we're making this argument that, like rookie tight ends don't do anything, but we're expecting Dalton Kincaid to do it. Um, so I mean I can understand the argument See, there. Where's the hate coming but from? T- there's so many differences. Michael, the, there Number has one, not been a more complete tight end coming into the league since Michael Mayer. Um, since they're playing different positions. Dalton Kincaid is not playing tight end. He's playing a different position. He's playing a hybrid position. Why is he in our tight end where, episode? Where Michael Mayer is playing tight end for why this he offense. In the tight end he's going to block. Then? He's going to fucking. There, he's, there he's will being be, officially, and he's going to get ninety percent a snap. Also, look at the quarterbacks. Look at him. look at the offense as a whole. Who's going to have more opportunities? I'm looking at them with both. The Raiders my, are going to be shit. Oh, calm down. They're going to be bad. <laughs> they're going to be yeah. That could be great. Really bad. I mean, they're, they're going to be really bad. They're headed head first for a top ten pick. Um, top twelve. So, so because they're gonna be terrible, yours. That's why Michael Myers be good. So you're saying he's gonna be top twelve. I'm calling. Okay. It. All right. Okay. Look at Jason Witten's stats. We'll, we'll, we'll place a bet on that. He is Jason Witten. <laughs> actually, no. The funny thing is, if you look at Jason Witten's stats, he actually didn't, because he was undrafted and came on as an under as a uh, free agent. He actually didn't play the first four years of his career. Five years of his career. God damn it, Tyler. Why do you do this? In the league for 19 seasons. They didn't actually play until 2009. <laughs> no, but when he actually started playing. Yeah, he actually. So he actually only started for 11 years of his career out of his 19 season career. Oh, but his first five seasons? Top five. What <laughs> started playing? You mean, yeah. Uh, never mind. All right. I'm not a fucking scout, dude. That's their fault. Fair. Why are you trying to do that to me? I mean, I think we're just me and James are just trying to tell you that you're you're wrong. That's <laughs> so fucking interesting because we will see. All right, what was the other bookmark that we needed to hit hit on this? Yeah, Michael Mayer, top twelve. No, other than Mayer, we there was another one we did say uh, we needed to come back to. I think it had to do with Dalton Kincaid or. Shit. Well, th- we'll we'll listen back. We'll we'll replay this. And, oh, yeah. And maybe it was it the fact that Michael Mayer is gonna be top twelve tight end this year. So all right. I mean, all right. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and tell <laughs> us how much you disagree with with Trey. We'd really appreciate that. Um, Don't at fuck, the FF Fathers <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, rate, subscribe, give us at least one star. That would be helpful. And uh, five stars only. We appreciate y'all listening to this this wonderful, wonderful show. Um, stay safe, stay alert, Ooh. and watch out for our next episode. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. <laughs> what a sign off. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That's some wrong birdie. <laughs> <laughs>